Well, good morning, church. It is so good to be here with you today. My name is Pastor Todd, along with my wife, Jan. We are the lead pastors here at Eastside City Church, and we're just so grateful, so thankful, so glad that you are here with us today. For those of you that are attending in person, uh, it's great to see you, as well as those who are listening online. Again, we are blessed that you are joining with us. I'm excited. I am really excited that today is Baptism Sunday, and that after, at the end of this service, we're going to have some people that are going to be taking that next step in their Christian walk, their journey of saying, you know what? I'm not ashamed of who Jesus is in my life, and I'm letting the whole world know that I am a follower of the Lord. And I want to encourage you to stick around, participate in that, cheer them on, because it is a big step in their life. Well, I want to say that uh, uh, for most of you that know me or have heard me share, there's no hidden secret that I really enjoy sports, that I grew up playing sports. Uh, I grew up uh, involved in a lot of things. In fact, I remember in my grade 12 year, uh, my, the fall season, I actually played uh, three sports at the same time. I was in the cross-country team. I played football and soccer. I was on the soccer team. And uh, yeah, I kind of squeezed in a few extra things besides my studies in, in school. And I enjoyed that. I had a lot of fun doing that. But I want to share that my favorite sport that I actually played, and some of you are going to be like, baseball, it's got to be baseball, you coach baseball. Uh, wrong. Love baseball. But my main sport was basketball. I was a basketball player. I was a gym rat. I hung out at the gym. I shot a lot of baskets. I played a lot of hoops. Um, in fact, uh, I had a really, really great time in high school. We were, I was on a very successful high school basketball team. Our four-year record, because I played starting in grade nine all the way through grade 12, our record was 88 wins, 18 losses. Um, we actually won a state championship in one of my years uh, for the state of Washington. And I remember that the, being a part of this team, we, we, we gelled so well together that whenever we um, came to the gym, we expected to win. We just, we just knew that we were going to win. We, we, we just believed it. It was just in our psyche. And we knew that we were going to do it. Why? Because we practiced hard. We practiced at least five days a week. Whether we had games or not, we, we still would practice and and, and for those who know basketball, uh, we actually learned that we had eight different defenses that we ran, uh, three presses along with uh, more offensive sets than I can even uh, try to describe to you. And it wouldn't make sense to some of you anyways. But because of our success, we actually got to play in front of some pretty big crowds and some really noisy gyms that could get very loud and, and, and crazy. But here were the expectations from my coach. Um, for, for those who are on the cart, regardless of the noise or the chaos that was around us, we needed to be able to hear his voice. We needed to be able to hear our coach. He expected that we would respond to him even if he whispered in the gym. He, that was his demand from us. And the reason I want to share this today <clears throat> is because Today we're going to start a new series simply called Hearing God's Voice. How to hear and recognize God's voice. I think this is pretty amazing. That it's a powerful thing to know that the creator of the universe delights in speaking to his people. The God that created the heavens and the earth wants to talk to you. And if you are a follower of Jesus, 
then you are his people. And God wants to talk to you. In fact, God, I believe, is speaking all the time. It's whether or not we are able to listen and hear. But here's what's in my heart. My heart is, as a leader in the, in the heart of our church, is the desire for each one of you to be able to hear God's voice for yourself. I want you to hear God's voice for you and your family. As a leader, I believe this, I can help bring clarity and confirmation to people, but one of my greatest joys is seeing people gain confidence to hear and know that God is speaking to them and to know his voice among the other voices that are around them. I believe this, being able to hear God's voice should be a normal part of every Christian's life. It should be second nature to us. Jesus said this about himself in John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. But here's the question today. Here is the thing that is in my heart. Why then, if this is what we're supposed to do, if this is the, the normal thing, why do we struggle to hear God's voice? Or what keeps us from hearing God speaking to us? Well, I want you to know the problem started a long time ago, all the way back in the beginning of the Bible. In fact, if you would turn with me to Genesis chapter three, I'm gonna share with you what our greatest challenge is to hearing the voice of God. And it says this, starting in verse six of Genesis chapter three. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted to the, the wisdom that it would give her. Now, I want you to know right away, I'm not blaming women for stuff here today. It's not where we're going with this because you're gonna see where this, we take this. And so she took some of the fruit and ate it and then she gave some to her husband who was with her and ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open and suddenly, they suddenly felt shame in their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. Then the Lord called out to the man, where are you? Who told you? Oh, he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid because I was afraid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The Bible tells us in the very beginning that man and woman had face-to-face -face relationship with God. We see that. As Adam and Eve lived in the garden, God would join them and they would walk together and talk like best friends. I could imagine God asking to Adam and Eve, well, what, what did you do today? We found a new waterfall, they would reply, or this beautiful pond that had this incredibly gorgeous deep blue water. We also discovered a new species of fish they would share with him. And it was, there was this beautiful purple and black bird. Everything was so amazing. Well, God asked them, well, what did you name them? You see, they had full dominion over the whole earth and their job was to name and give names to all of the creatures and plants and foliage that was around them. 
There was more than just casual conversation, though, I believe, between them, as God would share with them his thoughts and even explain the mysteries of the universe. Could you imagine that? God loved the sharing because they were his children, his most magnificent creation. And they loved their fellowship and communion with him. However, one day, the inexplicable happened and the, that created a rift not only in the universe, but between man and God. They ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was the only rule that they had that God had given them and they broke it. Now because sin had entered the universe, both Adam and Eve were now hiding. Hiding from the one who loved them. God was kind, Adam, 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 where are you? Why are you hiding from me? Is really what he was asking. Their beautiful fellowship was now broken because of sin. We have to understand this today, that unresolved sin separates us from God. And I need to say this. If you have not discovered this already, sin destroys relationships. It really does. It causes division. It's sin's number one job. But it also produces other things as we see from this portion of scripture. First of all, it we see that it produces shame. Now, when we've done something that we know isn't good or something that we feel like is uh, wrong or we've offended somebody or we think we've offended them, we tend to try to avoid them, don't we? I mean, it's our nature. If we're, we're not in a good place or we're, we're doing something that we feel like we shouldn't have done, we, we try to avoid people. You see, we feel this shame and this guilt because we become acutely aware of our mistakes and our imperfections. And to diminish our bad feelings, we tend to avoid those we offended or those who we think might judge us. See, God does not avoid us as much as we run away from him. The second thing that happens is that sin now produces great distractions in our life. You see, when they first were in the Garden of Eden, their, their only focus was God and, and the things around them and, and their relationship with each other and, and, and honoring him. But now all of a sudden when sin enters, there's all sorts of other things that began to preoccupy their mind and their heart. And I see that happens a lot with people. Instead of listening to the Holy Spirit, we begin to listen to other voices, including our flesh, and we become preoccupied with anything and become less and less aware of God's presence and his voice. But here's the main thing that happens, I believe, is that it desensitizes our hearing. You see, sin desensitizes our hearing. I want to give you this example. This summer, I had a very challenging hearing issue. I went on vacation, and, the, and about three or four days into the vaca vacation, my left ear became completely plugged. Who has ever had your ear get completely plugged where you're just like, you know, it sounds like you're speaking in a colonial, you know, everybody talks to you. You see, it, I, I had that feeling. My ear was so plugged up. And so, I, I, you know, I was on vacation. I was actually in the States. And so I was like, oh, I don't want to go see a doctor. I'll just, it'll, it'll get better in a few days. Well, after 10 days, it didn't get better. In fact, it got worse. And so I went to the doctor only to discover that not only was my left ear completely plugged, but my right ear was fully plugged as well. What's crazy is I didn't even know that my right ear was plugged. 
I didn't know how long it had been plugged. You see, I'd become so used to having my ear plugged that it just felt normal. And when the blockages were removed, I could not believe what I heard. The detail, the sound. Well, that's what my wife was saying to me. Oh, and I was like, it was like a whole new world was around me. And I, I did, I played a little joke on the doctor. He came in and he's like, how are you doing? And so I said, please, could you quit yelling at me? <laughs> Sin interferes with our ability to hear God's voice. We do not realize what we're missing. Why? Because we're not aware of it. Because we cannot perceive it or hear it. So what is the, what is the answer to this? Well, we must deal with our sin by nailing it to the cross. Accepting the forgiveness that Jesus provides by his blood is the only way to neutralize and eradicate our sin. This is important for us to be able to open our ears and hear God's voice. But I have to say this, that in our, in our culture today, and in this day and age, we have too many, though, that have made friendship with their sin. They make excuses for the lack of holiness in their life. And they, they kind of justify, well, I do this, or, I, or God will understand this. And what we don't realize is that there's a great cost, and one of the greatest costs is that we're not able to hear the voice of God. We're not able to hear what he wants to speak to us. God always forgives. His forgiveness is awesome. It's provided for us all the time. But let's not be naive and think that there's not a cost for willful sin. And I believe the cost is a loss of that deepness and intimacy of being able to hear God's voice. You see, to live, to follow God and live your life to the fullest, I believe means being able to hear God's voice clearly. God doesn't want to be our silent roommate. If you've ever had a roommate, my son right now is in college and he has a roommate. They, they, they're, they're friends, they're, they're associates, but they kind of do their own things. They live in this very small area, but they don't spend a lot of time talking with each other, communicating very deeply. They're both doing their schoolwork. One leaves here, the other goes there. You see, sometimes our relationship with God can be like he's just the silent roommate, but that's not what God wants. He desires full integration in our lives through a deepening relationship. And I want to say this today. God desires to speak to you. In fact, God is actually always speaking. And he has incredible life-changing information that he wants to share with you. So here's my question. Who would like to know more about what God says is saying to you and about you? Who would like to dig deeper into that, hallelujah. Who'd like to know how to remove the distractions and be able to know his voice amid the other voices? That would be something that you'd like to know. Well, is this just me or is God, are you really speaking to me? I think that's a good question. So how do we begin to hear his voice? Today, here's some foundational things as we start. I got four things. First of all, we're gonna start with this. We need to put God first. It's so simple yet powerful I want to start off by sharing a, a story about a man who is mentioned in the book of Genesis. We have Genesis 3 where man sins and there's a breaking of relationship with God. And here in Genesis chapter 5, there's a story about a man by the name of Enoch. Now, a few things about Enoch before I begin. Enoch was the father of Methuselah. Who's Methuselah? He is the human being that has the record for living the longest on the earth, almost a 1,000 years that he lived. 
Could you imagine living a thousand years? Whew. And he was the great grandfather of Noah, whose family were the only people to survive the great flood. And here's what it says in Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 to 24 about Enoch. It says, when Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. In total, Enoch lived 365 years, walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day, he disappeared because God took him. Well, that's kind of an interesting story. 365 years, one day Enoch's here, the next day he's gone. Why? You see, you have to understand, in the time leading up to the great flood, a a massive global event where God flooded the whole earth and killed everything that had breath in it, creatures, mankind, the world was incredibly wicked. In fact, but before the flood happened, the world was probably as wicked as it had ever been. There was physical abuse, murder was rampant, sexual perversion was everywhere. Individuals lived for themselves. In fact, we heard that there are statements where they were doing what was right in their own eyes. And amid all of this craziness and chaos and just, just rampant sin that was running around, I mean, there, was just, there were no rules was a man named Enoch, who the Bible said pursued God above all else. He was a prophet and a preacher, according to Jude verse 15, who obeyed and heard from God about everything in his life. In the 365 years of his life, the Bible says he did not die, he did not experience death. Why? Because God took him to heaven. Why did this happen? Well, some scholars believe God did this because of the closeness of their relationship. God had shared with him deep secrets that could not be revealed to other human beings. The information Enoch had was so powerful that it could not be communicated to others, so so God took him. And why this is important for us to understand is Enoch was just not, he, he wasn't like Adam and Eve who lived in perfect paradise with no challenges or difficulties in his life. Enoch was actually like us that he lived in a very corrupted world that was difficult and challenging. But yet, he chose to have a deepening relationship with God. The times he lived in were tough, but he made God his number one priority. I believe this, if we make God our number one priority, he will speak to us as well. See, as we grow deeper in our relationship with him, he'll reveal more of himself, more of his thoughts, and we will be able to hear more. But God must be first, because he will not accept being second best in our lives. For many, time with God is just an afterthought. But I'm here to tell you today, if you want to hear more from God and you want him to speak to you, make God the object of your affections. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all other things will be added to you. As you learn to put God first, I guarantee he will speak to you. Here's my second point to hearing God's voice. Look Look to God first. 
So we don't want to just put him first, but we want to look to him first. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that we have to be careful that we're not looking to every other source but God for his voice. I've got to say this, and I'm going to, this is going to be a section where I step on a few toes here today. We're a church that loves the prophetic. We love prophetic gatherings. And I I ask this question, why are they so popular? I'll tell you today, if I said, hey, uh, Gary Hayes is coming in a a month, or or next week, Charlie Sweet, the prophetic voices that we love to have into this house, I'll guarantee you we will double our attendance of people that will come. Why? Because people want to hear a word from God. And I think that is a beautiful thing. I think that's a wonderful thing. But we have to be careful that we don't become dependent upon hearing from other people for the words that God wants to speak to us directly. You see, there's a danger in that. We see that even in the Bible, that it plagued the, 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 the children of Israel for generations, that God's, in fact, his intended purpose in the beginning when the Israelite nation came together was God wanted to speak to them directly, but they saw him with his thunder and lightning on the mountain, and they got scared, and they said, Moses, will you speak to God for us? We, we're afraid. We're afraid. We don't want to be around that guy. He's, he's scary. And so God relented and said, okay, this is how it's going to work. But his plan was for him to speak directly to them. You see, we have to be careful of this because it can become our preference. Why? Because it it removes this word I talked about even last week, the word responsibility. You see, if we just look to others to give us a word, a, a, a prophetic uh, 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 gathering, or we look to a pastor, a leader to, to seek God on our behalf, when the word doesn't work out, we, we don't have to take response. We, we blame them. That was a bad word I got. Or, the, or they really don't hear from God very well. You can't trust them. It's not my fault. I cannot trust the church or church people because they're always wrong. I want to say this today, and this is where it's going to get super real here for a minute. I'm not a priest. Or what I mean by that, I'm not the one who's here to hear the voice of God for your life. I'm a co-laborer. I'm a partner in Christ that believes the same Holy Spirit that speaks to me is inside of you. And he wants to speak to you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to communicate with you. He wants to share things with you. But let's be clear, it does not diminish my leadership anointing, which is to set the direction for our church community and to help you grow in your grace and your giftings. What I'm not sharing is an invitation for dishonor, but to call you to a higher level in your relationship with God. See, people become trapped by looking for others to give them direction, the direction that God wants to give them himself. And I want to say this today. This is my whole heartbeat in this, as you can hear from God. He has so much that he wants to share with you, but you need to give him the opportunity to speak to you. Seek him first, then confirm what God is speaking through others, those in authority in your life. It's not either or, it's both and. You still love me? 
Here's number three. Be willing to expose yourself. This is a key to hearing God's voice. What? Be willing to expose yourself to God. Oh, wow. Well, before sin entered the universe, Adam and Eve walked in the garden naked and unashamed. Now, I'm not starting a new religious <laughs> movement where everybody comes to church and we walk around naked. That's not what we're, that's not what we're after here. But what they had, there was a deepness and intimacy to the relationship with the Father as nothing was hidden. But after they sinned, the Bible says that they hid themselves, they, or they hoped they could hide from God because of their sin. Who here knows that you can't hide anything from God? <laughs> God, God sees everything. I'm going to talk about that here in a minute. See, the, the reality of this is, is we don't like people to see the messy parts of our life, do we? Who here has a place in your house, and we're, you just can wink at me today, you don't need to raise your hand, that if you're having guests come over, there's a special room where you hide lots of stuff. <laughs> Things that you don't want people to see or know about. When they come over, they're like, wow, your house is amazing. And you're like, you bet it is. <laughs> but don't you dare open that door. <laughs> you see, we have that when it comes to our own life a lot of times. We, we try to give our best impression to people. We want people to see the good things. I, I look at it this way. For those of you that have kids, whenever they're going to visit a friend's house, how many of you let them know you better behave yourself? Don't let them see who you really are. <laughs> it's hard to be, find people that we can be real with or share our whole self with. And we, in fact, we call the ability to be completely real intimacy. Some people struggle with intimacy. What is it? Well, I don't want every, people to see. I don't want them to know that I, that I struggle with this. I don't want people to see that, that sometimes I, I say words that I shouldn't say. I don't want people to know that this is what I'm really like. And yet it's the key to having that deeper relationship with God. See, the problem is that we think we can hide our weaknesses and even our sin from God. But I tell you, he sees everything. But what he's looking for is those who will be honest with him and say, look, God, look, God, I'm really messed up. I'm broken today. Or I said those things that I didn't want to. God, would you help me? Would you, would you, would you let me, would you just heal me of this or release me from it? And God's like, yeah, now I, I got things I want to talk to you about. You see, God wants real intimacy with us. God speaks to those, I believe, who are honest and sincere with him. Matthew 5, 8 says, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. I would say this, you will hear God too. Here's my last point today. And I could probably do about 10 more, but we just picked these four because I thought they were good. If you want to hear God's voice, Go to God's favorite hangout places. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Todd? You just said this. God sees everything. God knows everything. Isn't the word that God is omnipresent? That's a great word that says that God is everywhere at all times. And I say amen, and yes, he is. There's no place to hide from him. But just because God is always present doesn't mean God always chooses to reveal himself. And what we want is for God to reveal himself to us, to show himself to us, to speak to us, to talk to us. You see those moments where God reveals himself 
to us so that we're undeniably aware of him are the most precious times and the most powerful times in our life. And we have to understand there are places that he likes to hang out more than other places, just like we do. I've, uh, I know that some of you, I, if I go to the mall at certain times, I'll find you there. That's your place. For others of you, it might be even in front of your TV if you're like my dad. I know that if I want to find my dad, it's going to be watching a ball game on television. I know what's going to be happening. It's just what he does. That's where he hangs out. It's his habitat. For my mom, it might be at a bookstore or sitting in her favorite chair watching her shows. I know at certain times of day, if I go to those locations, I will find them and be able to talk to them. Why? Because those are the places they like to be. So where does God like to hang out? Three quick things. First of all, quiet places. God loves one-on-one conversations with his people. He loves those places where we remove our, those distractions in our life. Why? Because he likes to be the center of our attention, our focus. In those places where we remove the noise and make space for the Holy Spirit, God likes to manifest himself. He just does. Just like we like to be with people that care about us, that we give more of our attention to those who are like, hey, I'm going to take some time. I want to spend some time with you. I say this all the time. The greatest gift you can give another human being is your time. And the greatest gift we can give to our creator, to God, our father, is our time. He cannot help but join with us. In James 4, verse 8, God says, come close to me, come close to God, and God will come close to you. This is a promise. Here's the second place God loves to hang out. I said quiet places. My next one is broken spaces. When we come to the end of ourselves, and in those places of humility, when we're dealing with difficult things in our life, when we're challenged, or maybe we're just facing hurt or things that we don't know, and we cry out to God, he will come to us and comfort us. I have found that some of the most profound and clear spaces that God has spoken to me are when those times when my heart was crushed. I remember when my son was born or just about to be born and he had a heart defect and I cried out to God and God gave me some some of the deepest revelations about who he was who I am and what he wanted to do in our family when my world had been broken and I could do nothing but throw the my my self into the hands of my loving father God spoke I believe he speaks to us in our broken spaces Psalms 120 verse 1 says, I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to him and he answered my prayer. And here's the last place. Well, there's, there's probably some more. But I call quiet places, broken spaces, and he looks for honoring faces. God shows up when we worship him. The Bible says in Psalms 22 verse 3 that God inhabits the praises of his people. Who does not love to be encouraged? Who doesn't love it when people say good things about you? 
I hope every one of you has that friend, that person that you know you can go to, that they're just going to encourage you. We seek that out. God loves it when we honor him. He loves it when he feels honored by us. When we praise him with our, our whole heart, he then makes himself known, the Bible says. He takes it all in and then he gives us his goodness back out. He speaks, he moves, and he touches lives in those moments. I'll close with this that I've heard many times from people say to me, if God wants to speak to me, then he'll do it. Well, I make this declaration today. God wants to speak to you. In fact, he's always speaking. The question is whether we have positioned ourselves to hear him. You see, we need to attune our, our hearing, which requires us to dial in our focus. It's like the radio, those older radio dials for those who haven't played around with them. You see, the music is always playing, the, the speaking, the commentary is always there, but it requires that you're tuned into the right frequency if you want to hear it. It means dealing with distractions that are caused by sin and dialing into the Holy Spirit so we can hear the voice of God. I want to pray this today. I want to declare this. How do we hear from God? We're going to just ask him, who wants to hear God's voice more clearly in your life? You'd say, Pastor, I want this. I, I want more of this from you, God. I don't care whether you're, you're, you're five years old or you're 105 years old. God wants to speak to you. So what do we do? Let's just begin to ask him. Here's the first thing we do. Ask God to reveal himself to you. Say, God, reveal yourself to me. Speak to me. Just ask him, God, speak to me. And then we want to ask him right now, Lord, is there anything that would block you from speaking to me? Or is there anything that would block me from hearing your voice? God, would you show me? Would you show me if there's distractions in my life? Would you show me if there's some sin that I haven't been dealing with? Would you show me, God? Lord, would you reveal I don't want anything to, to create any blockages between me and you? In fact, right now I'm declaring by the Holy Spirit that God is going in with his, his, his scope and his tube and he's just going into areas and right now he's just breaking through blockages. He's removing blockages in the name of Jesus so people can hear him. Say, God, show me, declare it to him right now. Just begin to say, God, would you remove that? Remove the blockages. Then we're going to ask him right now, God, would you forgive me for not always listening to you <laughs> or not spending the time with you? Lord, would you forgive us? Lord, even as me, the, the leader of our church, I stand here before the people and say, God, would you forgive me for the times I get so busy pursuing things that I think are so important? more than you. Lord, would you forgive us? Would you speak to us? Would you come to us today? I position myself to hear God. And I just declare, there's gonna be a release of our ability to hear 
the voice of God. Over the next few weeks, we're gonna hear different ways that we can tune in more deeply. God, I pray that even though in this week people would, would just be more sensitive to your Holy Spirit, they would hear your voice in a clear measure. Lord, they would believe that you can speak to them, that you have direction for them, that you have thoughts for them. Father, there's even just things that you wanna share about them, how much you love them and care about them and value them. Oh, we just thank you, Holy Spirit. Just receive it today, receive him today.